that it was going to take a couple of years? Like, how does that make it any better than that? I, I understand the alarm, like, oh, wow, mm-hmm. that happened fast. But like, if you're worried about the fact that it happened fast, like, weren't you worried about the fact that it would happen at all? <laughs> I, uh, yeah. Because to me, like, that's really concerning that a machine would take on human-like intellect and potentially be able to <laughs> flip the script or... Mm-hmm start making decisions of its own like what does that look like what does that mean right it means the robots take over right yeah <laughs> I mean, that's kind mean. of what i feel like <laughs> yeah yes and i think this is why even in our you know i'm gonna say for myself my very limited understanding i feel like we have a responsibility to understand it because it is a huge evolution that that has a big question mark people are raising you know concerns hey friends it's nicole and kate your girls from across the globe sydney australia and puerto rico to be exact and we're so excited to be sharing this time with you i'm kate and i'm nicole and welcome back to another candid conversation with us each week we bring you a new conversation about a topic that we can relate to we share our own experiences and thoughts in the hopes that you will realize that one you're not alone and two that open and honest convos can lead to awesome discoveries shifts in perspectives and energy to move ahead with confidence Because that's what real friends do. They provide love, support, and space for one another to share without judgment, speak without hesitation, and to learn from each other, even when we don't agree. And with that, let's dive in. Hi, Nicole. Hello, Kate. (laughs) (laughs) Little bit of tongue twisting in the intro there, which our friends won't experience because we'll clean it up a bit. But how you doing? (laughs) Please please do clean up my little stumbles. (laughs) Definitely a few stumbles in that intro. I am, I'm stumbling this morning. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what? Maybe this is, maybe both of us are a bit out of sorts because we've both done office revamps. We've both reorganized our offices. So I'm going to go with that. We're just getting used to new surroundings. (laughs) Mm, The new energy of the space. Maybe that's what it is. It's funny how we were both um, inspired at the same time to reconfigure our offices. I know. Yeah, friends, if you've never done this, Nicole and I were talking about how much we enjoy reorganizing spaces and just kind of moving things around. Sometimes it's a nice reset. Well, I am not one that normally does that. Mm. This is... Did I say that? Maybe I'm not sure if I, if I did. Because the only reason I say that is because when we moved here... I usually when I move into a new space, I really think about like, what is the best configuration? Mm-hmm. And once I've made up my mind, you know, workshopped it with Omar in, in this case, right? We're moving into a place together. I think, okay, yes, this is it. This is the best configuration. Like we should not change it. And the only reason I say that is because he's all, he told me that growing up, his mum would often move furniture around. I think I asked ah. someone else and they said, yeah, it's, it's a good practice to some, to move furniture and reconfigure spaces. It can kind of, yeah, reset the energy. And so I am not one to normally do that, but I did want to do that with my office, but you do that. Oh yeah, I do it a lot actually. <laughs> really? I mean, some spaces you can't really, right? Some spaces mm-hmm. are like the size of it or what you have in it is like, that's where that thing fits and that's it. <laughs> like in our TV room, we couldn't put our couch anywhere else. Like that's where our couch okay. fits. Um, yeah. But 
Yeah, in terms of like a space that I'm spending a significant amount of time in every single day, I feel like moving things around always feels nice. No, I like, I like, you know why? I also think it forces you to be a little bit more creative and Mm. you might think like, yes, this is the best configuration and then... Maybe it's not. And maybe it is because I've definitely (laughs) switched stuff around. And like right now, I'm kind of having a little bit of a hard time with the changes that I've made. I kind of want to change it back. (laughs) We we both are. I could tell your face when you saw my background. You were like, "Mm." I'm like, you don't like it, do you? I don't like it either. (laughs) (laughs) It's not that I don't like it. I just like your other one better. (laughs) That's true. You did not say that. You said you prefer the other other background. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well. Well, maybe at some point in our future, we'll be able to use today's topic to help us come up with different configurations. Maybe we can now and we just don't know it. We probably can. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Well, we'll explore that a little more in today's conversation. Today's topic is all about artificial intelligence, AI, as we'll be referring to it, uh, and the impact of AI on our everyday lives. So this is something that you brought up several weeks ago, Nicole, just as kind of an interesting topic to discuss. And I totally agree because it's a reality that's getting tougher and tougher to ignore. If you work online, it's in your face all the time. And I feel like even if you work offline, that it's still kind of making big headlines. It's something that people are talking about a lot. And you and I have had multiple conversations, like many conversations offline, what it means, how we feel about it. And we've shared some interesting ways that it has appeared in our normal everyday lives up until this point. But I'm excited to kind of have a deeper exploration of this today. (laughs) Me too. It's definitely come up more for me since I've moved into the co-working space, you know, talking to a lot of different startups and founders and just hearing overhearing conversations. It's come up a lot more for me in the last few months. So definitely not an expert, definitely very new to, you know, understanding this whole world, but I've definitely had a play already and I know that you have too. Yeah, yeah. This is definitely our disclaimer. We really don't know a lot about AI other than what we're going to discuss in this episode. I I just feel like right now it seems so big that Mm. to really like know it, you have to seriously deep dive, like really Mm. spend a lot of time on these platforms. And I've definitely done kind of the auxiliary research of like, what is chat GPT and what can it do for you and all these different things. What was really interesting to me too, and just like preparing for today's episode, uh, we love starting with definitions. So we're going to do that today. Like what is AI? And when I was looking at different definitions and kind of searching around for how it's described, it's really been around for a long time. I mean, it's just now being talked about, I think, in in ways that are maybe more concerning for people, Mm -hmm. myself included. Uh, But when I looked it up, so from Wikipedia, it talked about AI as a term mostly used to mean applications such as search engines like Google I mean, we are all very familiar with, and I'm sure every single person tuning in is familiar with Google search. That's a, that's a form of AI. 
um, recommendation mm. systems. So YouTube, Amazon, Netflix, you know, them saying, you watch this, so you might like this. That's right. AI. And using stuff like Surrey and Alexa, that's AI. So there are like a lot of ways that this is already in our lives and whether we know whether we know it or not, right? Right. Yeah. It's and and that's I think the maybe the the realization too that I've had just recently that it's not new. We think it's new because we're interacting maybe with certain tools like ChatGPT for the first time and interacting in a way that is kind of revolutionary and I mean it does blow my mind every time I'm you know and the yeah. more I use it so we'll get to that but um on the fact that it is not a new thing I I think I shared with you just over the weekend that we had some friends over Ronsley and Rochelle uh-huh. and Ronsley is hugely into AI and he's got an engineering background and he mentioned over dinner that Computer in in the study of computer science, which I did not know, they've known about AI. I believe he said like since the 1950s at least. But what right. is unique? Yeah, which was like what I didn't know that either. <laughs> but what he what he mentioned was, um, if I get this right, is that we didn't have the network capabilities that we have now, the speed of connectivity, and the storage capabilities. Think about how much Mm, we can store. And it's only because we have, you know, the internet has progressed or, you know, all of that side of the technology has progressed to a point where it's like, okay, now it can do things that computer scientists have known AI could do a long time ago. All I got from that was like, wow, it's been around for a long time. We're just able to make use of it in a way now that we've never been able to before, at least maybe from like a more, you know, common person's perspective, right? Right, right. Yeah. And that's interesting in light of the actual definition that I pulled up. This is from Britannica, Mm -hmm. is that artificial intelligence is the ability of a digital computer or computer controlled robot to perform tasks commonly associated with intelligent beings. So yeah, in that respect, it makes sense that now would be a time that things are kind of picking up speed, snowballing, because digital computers, robots, like you said, the internet, our capabilities with storage and speed and all of that are at all-time highs. Yeah. Um, But, of course, this is kind of where all of the, I think, concerns kind of come up as well, is it's like, it's moving so fast now. I feel like it reached a tipping point and now it's moving so quickly that it's almost happening faster than we can understand what what's actually happening. <laughs> right. That's how I feel anyway. <laughs> yeah. And going back to, again, not the experts here, still learning about this whole world. One of the terms that kept coming up you know, here and there that I would hear is generative AI. Yeah. there. Yeah. So what is the difference between generative AI and I guess Just, normal AI? <laughs> right. So I had to pull up a definition just so that we could at least explain it in a very concise way. All right. So what is the difference between AI and generative AI? AI systems powered by algorithms and vast data excel at specific tasks which is what you referred to before with Google and and Siri and Alexa, Mm -hmm. while generative AI, also known as AGI, aims to create machines with human-level intellect. 
This is the bit that is what I think the concern is about recently and the speed at which I don't know where I heard this, but the fact is that now with AI has gotten to the level where it is like generating human level thinking. Yeah, like it could start doing things on its own now. (laughs) Exactly. Very good way of putting it. (laughs) Thank you. Nicole's morning brain didn't get there. But that's the thing. And that's a scary thing because, well, not the scary thing, but what um, people in the space I've heard are saying is they thought this would take much longer, Mm. like years longer, but it's happening in, it's happened in weeks. I think that's the timeline. That's the thing that I'm a little questionable on. Like if we're, if we just kind of, Mm -hmm. you know, talk about our current feelings on AI, if you thought that it was going to take a couple of years, like how does that make it any better than that? I I understand the alarm, like, oh, wow, Mm -hmm. that happened fast. But like, if you're worried about the fact that it happened fast, like, weren't you worried about the fact that it would happen at all? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Because to me, like, that's really concerning that a machine would take on human-like intellect and potentially be able to (laughs) flip the script or... Mm -hmm start making decisions of its own. Like, what does that look like? What does that mean? Right. It means the robots take over, right? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that's kind of what I feel like. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. And I think this is why even in our, you know, I'm going to say for myself, my very limited understanding, I feel like we have a responsibility to understand it because it is a huge evolution that there has a big question mark people are raising you know concerns and so while it's fun to play around with all the tools and and spec and i am definitely like one of those people that is enjoying seeing what can chat gpt do for me and i'm only interacting mm-hmm. with chat gpt there's other tools out there so i don't know if you've uh, you know used anything else um, i'm definitely one of those people that's excited about it but at the same time i think it is important to yeah let's let's learn a little bit more let's let's have these conversations and one of the conversations again that I was having over dinner is like okay if we are all concerned about this situation that we've just very lightly said you know the robots take over Mm -hmm. um, what can we do because it is us that as humans that have programmed these computers right so is this going to be a reflection of us right yeah Well, I think that there's so much, I mean, to me, I just think of all the unintended consequences. Like, I don't believe that anybody in the AI space or anybody who has helped develop these products at any point in time was like, hey, that'd be cool if we created something that could take over us. (laughs) I don't think anybody did that, right? But there's always unintended consequences when we create things. And It is the pure fact that a lot of the people who have been responsible for creating these technologies are the ones who are speaking up and saying, like, Mm -hmm. I'm kind of (laughs) concerned. And if they're the ones that created it and they're concerned, I'm really concerned. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Are you talking about Sam Altman, the the guy who created OpenAI? Well, Sam Altman, and then and then I think uh, I mean Elon Musk has been mm-hmm. pretty outspoken about it as well. Yeah. yeah, and and the thing is too, you know, I haven't like 
done super deep dive research into their statements and what they've mm-hmm. done and, and all of that. But just from what I gather, they're voicing concern and at the same time still like developing more things. So yeah, mm-hmm. I don't really know how that all works that, together. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, once it's there, right, once it has been developed and once people are using it and it's, and it's more widespread and they're seeing like these unintended consequences, is the idea to just oh press pause and, and stop or is it to maybe drive awareness and and think about ways that we could do it better. Like, so again, going back to this dinner that I have um, over the weekend where we did uh, talk about it for just a bit, you know, the idea of interacting with AI with more empathy and with more of a collaboration. I think this is what Ronzi was talking about, like with a more collaborative approach, because if, if it is a reflection, what I got from that was like, oh, if this is going to be a reflection where it's driven by, values that are negative power greed all of that then that is not what you want the result to be right you want it to be a reflection of of maybe better values and yeah innovation and helping mm. and right yeah, creating yeah yeah i can definitely see that and i know that both of us have had just instances since you brought up this topic and you know your dinner this past weekend is a perfect experience it, it's that what what did they, what do they call it not the recency bias but like when you know when you get the car and then all of a sudden you see the car everywhere like you mention ai and all of a sudden like all this ai stuff yeah, I mean, <laughs> starts popping up everywhere yes. we have to find what that is called because it's come up before i know and it's I a couple never- times <laughs> kept thinking is it confirmation bias it's not confirmation bias it's something else then i say recency bias it's not that either i don't think (laughs) it's some bias it's some bias (laughs) but yeah i know that just within the past like month or so anytime i'm on a website and you know the chat bot pops up the support thing and there are these certain options that you can choose I never thought twice about it before, but with AI on my mind, I'm like, oh, of course this is AI. And I'm sure we're all familiar with chatbots. I mean, people are use them in Facebook campaigns and they're all over support websites. And you talked about um, a couple instances too with like your, your product hunt experience and how many product hunt launches we're focused totally on AI, which is a huge difference from even a year ago, right? Oh my goodness. Yeah. So we recently did a launch for one of our products that we've released and we had done one prior a few years ago and it was such a different experience because that the day that we launched on Product Hunt, I think it was about half of the tools on that day were AI related, had some sort of functionality that tied to AI. So I'm like, Okay, AI is definitely a thing. (laughs) If you're thinking about building something, if you're in tech, definitely do it with AI because this is definitely hot right now. And those are the kinds of things that just go to show how relevant it is for people right now. I mean, this makes me think of or like bring up the question, I guess, of, you know, we talk about it having human intelligence And then at that point, does it start to replace humans? Like how big of a disruptor 
could this potentially be? And I think the answer is a huge one. Like I already think that it's starting. Um, Mm -hmm. I can think of so many instances where, and don't get me wrong, up until this point, I'm going to say this so that I can just be clear. Uh I'm not like anti-AI. I think that there are a lot of great things that AI can provide that it already has been providing Mm -hmm. for many years. And I think that there are a lot of great AI platforms and softwares and, and different things that we can leverage right now in really awesome ways. And I think that a lot of those things are going to really disrupt a lot of, especially the online space, mm-hmm. um, because I, I look at like just using podcasting as an example. Yeah, There are so many companies who are creating all of these fantastic and completely impressive AI services that are diminishing any type of human service that would do that same thing. When podcasting became such a big thing and all of a sudden you see companies that will do your social media for you and companies mm-hmm. that will write your show notes for you and companies that will do your transcripts for you. Which now you people, can do people doing yeah. those things, right? People writing the show notes, people exactly. Transcri- Maybe not the transcription, but <laughs> writing the show notes, writing the emails, writing the social media comp- uh, snippets. And now you can press a button and do that. It's pretty amazing, isn't it? Yeah, like yeah, I I'm, think it's I'm, amazing. And I will also say that yes, I'm not. I think when you said like it's a huge disruptor, I think it's as big as imagine when the internet became a thing and people who hadn't grown up with the internet all of a sudden, like you can't, yeah, sure. I know some people, you know, elderly people now that opted out and are not connected. I actually, Mm -hmm. I do. I know, I know someone who is not connected, never got online which sounds pretty rare, right? And it is, which means that it's the same thing with AI. It's, I think it's going to be at that level. It's like, you can't opt out of this. It's mm. going to be very hard to opt out in the sense yeah. that this will impact everyone. Yeah, going back again, like not an expert, learning, but really curious, excited. I'm definitely excited. I'm definitely interested. I'm definitely, you know, leveraging it as well. But yeah, being wanting to be mindful. um, I wonder if it's like even with um, when you first got online, when you started, you know, opening all these accounts and social media accounts, we'll just give that as an example. You just never thought like, oh, should I sign up for this? Okay, I'll put my profile picture. I'll open up an account. I'll give it my details. Maybe it's kind of what's happening with AI too, right? The way we're interacting, we're not really thinking. (laughs) I was kind of thinking that when you said that, because when I look back to the days that, you know, you were able to (laughs) plug in your landline and dial up AOL and get the little you've got mail, you know, jingle going on. Yeah. Like, yes, it was amazing and incredible that we were able to do that. But at the time, it was just like, oh, well, I'm going to go log in and do this thing I know I can do now. At the time, it was you just did it because it was there. And 10 years on, we look back and think like, oh, my gosh, what a massive moment in our world that was. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so I was thinking that when you when you made that comparison that sure, in in five, 10 years, we look back and think, 
remember when AI wasn't really a thing? Remember when? <laughs> and we were yeah. just writing out whatever prompts. I mean, I know I remember the first prompt that I put into ChatGPT. It's so lame. I don't know if you what remember. Was it? Well, I just wanted, it was news. So I was like, what can it do? I think I, I wrote, create me a checklist for to-dos for a birthday party. So I think lame. that's a great prompt to type into well, chat GPT. I just wanted to see, like, is it going to give me, because I know, I know what I would sure. do. I know what the checklist would be roughly, right? So is this thing really smart? Look at me testing it, you know, asking the hard <laughs> questions there. <laughs> like, and so what, the, like, did did you feel like it did a good job? Yeah, it did a great job. I'm like, yeah. this is awesome. Okay, I'm convinced. What else can I ask it to do? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, this this is this is the flip side of it, right? What an amazing tool to be able to go in and type in and ask for a checklist of some sort, especially if it's maybe around a topic or something that you haven't done before. Uh, mm. Gosh, I mean, someone reached out to me uh, just this week, actually, they're planning their wedding. And they were asking if I they were they were considering Puerto Rico as a place to do it. And asked, you know, do you have recommendations or contacts that you'd be willing to share? Man, if you type into chat GPT, give me a wedding checklist of everything that I need to consider when I'm planning my wedding. Like there are certain things that are so big that you kind of don't know where to start. Mm -hmm. And to very simply be able to just plug that in and get a place to start is like, wow. <laughs> That's you said it. I think for me, the way I've been using it now has mostly been like, where do I start? I just mm -hmm. want, it's like the blank canvas and it yeah. might be the email newsletter for our podcast episode. Sure. I can go in cold and whatever comes to mind springs to mind first, but let me see what this tool that, you know, helps with podcasting. <laughs> Let's see what it can generate for me. And yeah. it, it's incredible. Do you, okay. So what, aside from checklists, have you, what do you remember what you first asked chat GPT? You know what? I, to be completely honest, I've only watched other people ask chat GPT things. <laughs> I've never so you don't gone use on it? it. No, oh. Oh, no, really? I've never used it. Okay. So what tools do you use then? I don't know. Google docs. <laughs> Google. Okay, so you, wait a second. So you, ha you don't have an open AI account. No, oh. I don't. I okay, mean, this is where this is me sitting in this camp of like, what is this thing and being all skeptical about it. <laughs> okay, okay. I mean, I've certainly used a lot of tools that I'm sure in the back end are using all of these programs to run, right? Mm, uh, yeah. Like Capshow is a AI tool for podcasters that does the show notes, the episode topic generation, like all the, these kinds of things. So I've used a lot of tools like that, but I have not created an open AI account. I have not gone into chat GPT. Um, but it's interesting, actually, one of the ways that it came up in the last couple of months for me is when we were on our European river cruise, we were hanging out with some friends, some friends who were on the cruise with us, who are huge into AI. And we would like set foot in a city and they'd pull up chat GPT and ask for like, top 10 things to see in the city and chat GPT would like make a walking tour for us. 
I mean, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to spend so much time wading through all these different articles. And I mean, the biggest thing too Carrying is- a guidebook back in oh, the day yeah. when I'd have right. all my guidebooks that weighed a ton in my <laughs> although Rick Steves I will always carry your guidebook don't worry <laughs> oh, Lonely Planet shout out to them they were my go-to when I started traveling yeah. in my 20s mm. oh look at us getting all nostalgic <laughs> chat GBT will never replace you <laughs> but it is I, I mean now when you do that type of research on Google I find myself getting a bit frustrated because the first 20 articles that come up are probably articles that people are writing because they're getting paid for it. Mm. No, nothing against that, right? Like, mm-hmm. good for you. You've built your business and you're doing your thing. But it's just kind of hard to know what articles to trust and which ones are really promoting something because it's a really cool thing. And which ones are promoting something because they're getting paid to promote it. So, okay, very timely that you mentioned that. Yesterday I caught, uh, as I was making breakfast, Omar was watching a YouTube video and it was talking about how Amazon, Amazon's aware of this, but apparently, this is an alarming statistic, 42% of reviews are fake reviews right for products oh my goodness right and so amazon's you know after sellers you know suing sellers who are doing this when they when they're able to catch them but enter ai i think the tradition the usual way that you know sellers were who were doing this who were getting fake reviews for their products were doing it was you know outsourcing it to humans and humans would be writing these fake reviews now with AI, they're able to generate so many more fake reviews so much mm. faster at a huge scale. And there was one bit that was quite funny. You know, if you type into chat GPT, a prompt, certain prompts will get you a response that says, as an AI language model, I can, and it, it'll continue on with the, you know, mm-hmm. disclaimer or um, the limitation. And some of these reviews, copy paste job, as an AI language oh, model. Oh, gosh. And no you're like, way. that is like maximum laziness, guys. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> so, so wrong on so many levels, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I guess if you continue that argument, then sure, ChatGBT is returning all this great information. But at the end of the day, it's getting its information from the same place that we would be getting it. So maybe my argument isn't that sound. It's a lot quicker than going through all the articles on Google, but it's still just going to return you pretty much what's out there already, right? Yeah, but I think where my thought was going when you talked about articles that were written, you know, pushing an agenda, it's almost like you're saying what I'm hearing is, you know, that blog post, it's not really written with the intention of providing like super valuable true information from the perspective of whatever that person who's traveled in that country they're just trying to push maybe some affiliate product or something right well i mean i think that you have to be aware that that's a possibility i'm not saying that that always happens no of course yeah 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 Yeah, that that is a possibility so it's like always having this filter of i I think about like my mom when she reads articles on google and she's and she comes back to me with i I read this on google i read this on facebook she's not passing it through the filter of like what is the 
source? Is it reputable? Mm-hmm. Have you mm-hmm. fact checked this? Or at mm-hmm. least, you know, have a bit of a cynical or skeptical uh, mindset when you're reading something that it may not be true just because you found it on the internet or you found it on Google. Right. And I guess, I don't know, when I was that whole thing with the fake reviews is a lot of people go into reading a review and believing that it's true just mm-hmm. by default because we do look like it's it's something that we do, right? You want to buy something, you're interested in, in something and you, you'll search for a review on it. Honestly, I would go into it thinking like, yeah, of course, these are all real. You know, naively, mm-hmm. you might, if you don't have that, wait a second, maybe this is not a genuine review and now okay that and that was kind of comical about someone who had just copy pasted what chat gpt yeah. <laughs> spat out <laughs> but pointing out that yeah you know like if people are just going to be inputting stuff into you know these these tools and then just copy pasting and not vi- and then everyone's just then reading what's just being spat out with no like that's a dissemination of information that's just you know yeah we need the filter right we need right. the it's a big consideration and i think that 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 is kind of back to our point about even having this conversation but more so just learning more about it to understand the ways that it works and to understand how people are using it mm. and to understand how you want to use it um, yeah. Because I know like in the content creation space and in, in the online marketing world, you know, there there could be really great ways of using it. And I also think there could be a lot of ways of using it where that's just not even your content anymore and right. totally irresponsibly leveraging a tool in a way that it I don't believe that it was intended to be leveraged. Mm. But, you know, again, that is the risk, I guess, is that there's not really somebody, quote unquote, watching to make sure that people (laughs) use this in the right way. (laughs) Yeah, which goes back to like these um, thought leaders like Elon and Sam Altman, Mm -hmm. who are warning us of some of the potential problems with AI. Yeah. Yeah, but there's... I was just, I had a flash to that headline that I saw from Samsung that said that Samsung has banned its employees from interacting with AI because of inputting, you know, maybe asking questions and prompts to help them with their work, but inadvertently giving away information, Mm. giving away Mm -hmm. information that shouldn't be out there, which goes back to maybe the more relatable example of when you first signed up for certain tools online when it was all fresh and new and you were just uploading photos and information and you never thought twice about it I mean it's the same thing right right you might be asking you know one of these tools for some help with something that you've got to do with work but who owns that information mm-hmm. once it's out there? Yeah, there are actually a lot of uh, or several articles that I brought up in kind of doing a little bit of research mm-hmm. for this episode that we can certainly link to in the description if anyone wants to check it out, but brought up just some really interesting points along the lines of exactly what you're saying. W- what happens to that information? What are some of the potential things that you should be aware of Mm -hmm. if you are using these tools. So yeah, I guess the moral of the story is 
we are not experts. (laughs) (laughs) We are learning. And we think that everybody has, is it a social responsibility or maybe just like an overall responsibility to understand how AI works? And if you are going to leverage it, that's awesome. But know what the implications or the results of how you're using it are. Yeah, being informed. Because like you said, like, I'm not against it, because I think it's like being against innovation. It's like being against change. Like you can't, it just doesn't feel right to say, no, no, this is wrong. We should stop using AI. No, that's Mm -hmm. just, Mm -hmm. but because of how powerful it's something so new and potentially so powerful, like more than anything we've ever experienced, if it can be if it can generate, you know, human level intellect and think for itself, that is something so unknown to us. Well, Nicole, as always, so much more to explore in this conversation, but I really enjoyed our chat today. And thank you for bringing this topic up. I think it's a a important one for sure. I don't want to say like, there'll be a part two, part three, part four on this. (laughs) If there is, we can ask ChatGPT what what our outline should be. (laughs) All right, friends, as we close out today's chat on the impact of AI, we hope that you've picked up a thing or two you can carry with you today and moving forward to give that extra boost of confidence and support when you need it most. And friends, if you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. If you have a friend in mind who might also enjoy our chats, share the podcast with them too. Send them to canrelatepodcast.com or have them search Nicole and Kate Can Relate on their favorite podcast app. Until next time.